kids should not be hungry. We have the ability to feed them. Let's just feed the kids. Welcome to Add Passion and Stir. Big chefs, big ideas. This is the Share Our Strength podcast about people who are changing the world. I'm your host, Billy Shore. It's amazing when you realize how central food is to so many things that we care about. It affects our health. So many adult Americans don't make time to eat. And if we don't let our kids have time to eat, then how are we going to stop that cycle? Food security affects our strength as a nation. There's absolutely no reason in the world that we should have a kid in this country that goes without breakfast in the morning. We're here in Washington, D.C. today, and we're streaming on Facebook Live. So if you like what you listen to and you like what you see, please share it with your friends. We're in Washington with three amazing chefs who have had an incredible experience over the last two days, and my colleague Jillian Meyer from Share Our Strength. So we've got a big crowd here. Chefs, I hope we haven't worn you out. You're at the end of kind of two long days, but I'm appreciative of the fact that you've got the energy for one more podcast. Let me introduce you. John Currents from Oxford, Mississippi. City Grocery, Big Bad Breakfast, 2009 James Beard Award winner and uh, founder of your own foundation, the Move On Up Foundation, dealing with uh, all kinds of health issues, including obesity. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Billy. It's, it's great to be here. Really glad you're here. Of and course. two of your colleagues who you've spent the last couple of days with, uh, Sarah Grunberg from Chicago, uh, Monteverdi Restaurant. You've yes. been on a trip the last couple days through Virginia, Washington, D.C., the Share Our Strength headquarters. Uh, we're going to hear all about it, but thanks for joining us. Thank you. And finally, Matt McClure, Bentonville, Arkansas, a state that we've had a big concentrated effort in in terms of our No Kid Hungry campaign. Uh, really, really thrilled that you're here. Uh, you're with a restaurant called The Hive. It's got a longer name, but we call it The Hive. Um, and you were Food and Wine 2015 Best New Chef of the South. So pretty distinguished group. Thanks for being here, Matt. Yeah, it's great to be here. Uh, and Jillian Meyer, uh, you head up our work in Virginia, and so you're listening to every word we say to make sure we get it right. I'll fact check you. Is that deal? Yep. Okay, good. Um, well, anyhow, thanks. I, I, I'm really appreciative. We got to talk a little bit this morning, and I'm so appreciative of the fact that you all have not only done what a lot of chefs do for Share Our Strength and for a lot of community causes, which is get involved, raise money, raise awareness. But you've invested the last two days in going into schools, going into communities in Virginia, really bearing witness to how children and their families are struggling with different issues related to hunger and poverty. Um, I'd love to hear, and I know our listeners would love to hear a little bit about you know, how you each came to this place of not only being a chef, but a uh, really a dynamic social activist, somebody who's doing something that, frankly, most Americans don't do, which is go into communities other than your own and get down into how are people living and what issues are they dealing with. Um, John, let's start with you, both in terms of your career and how did you become so active on these issues? Uh, well, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's interesting. You know, we, I, I talk about this a lot. You know, I've been doing this a lot longer than, than most of these guys, just by virtue of, you know, how many years I've spent on this planet. But um, you know, I didn't, and I don't know many of the guys in you know in our industry that um, that did you know end up in business ethics courses, and so and I don't think that even in business ethics courses that you know there was a whole lot of time spent on um, you know uh, talking about what our responsibilities as business owners were uh, to you know to philanthropic efforts and. It was just very clear to me, you know, early on as I opened and as a, as a young guy who really didn't have any business what he was doing, you know, uh, opening a restaurant in 1992, um, 
knowing that, you know, if if I didn't give something back to the community, uh, you know, and particularly somebody who came into Oxford as an outsider, I really stood, you know, an incredible chance in a close community of just looking like a, a robber baron. And that, you know, that I needed to, in order to, you know, to build trust in my clientele to, to make it clear that, you know, I wanted to give back to the community that was giving me the opportunity to make a living that I was making. Um, and that just felt good. And that's just fed upon itself, uh, you know, over the years. And, you know, and something that, you know, we try to do on a number of levels, whether it's encouraging, you know, our employees to get involved in, you know, local charitable work that we do, either in the way of man hours or what they can give themselves, um, you know, uh, our own foundation, which, you know, we were founded in the last couple of years. Um, you know, or, you know, any of the number of local or national uh, philanthropic organizations that we participate in. And, you know, and, and, it's, and it's worked. Fabulous. Sarah, how about yes. you? Um, how do you get to be a chef? How do you get to be so involved in the community? Um, well, I think being a chef is I loved cooking and loved food and loved the idea of creating something that you can enjoy. And the love of cooking and, came from where? A mom, a grandma, a dad? Uh, I think my, my grandparents. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, they made food from scratch, and I learned that things don't come on a you know, styrofoam container at the grocery store, that they come from real hard work. And um, so that's, that's why I became a chef. I think uh, it only makes sense for us to pay back to the community as we cook because it is such a giving profession. And it's a great way to be able to feed people that are that that are need, in need of food. Just imagine if every profession felt that way, how different our society would be. And Matt, you're from Arkansas originally, yes. and and still there in Bentonville now. Yes. So uh, born and raised in Little Rock, and um, when I got out of high school, um, I uh, moved up to New England and went to culinary school in Vermont and uh, worked in Boston. It's sort of, you know, sort of the uh, you know an odd thing to do for uh, you know a kid from the south you know, going to the north to learn how to cook. Um, but uh, we decided to, to move back, and we sort of had this romantic idea of, you know, we're, uh, you know, me and my wife, we're both from Arkansas, and we've kind of gone out and, you know, seen the world in a way and to bring something really positive back to Arkansas. And that was that was 2007 when we moved back, and, um, you know, a couple things happened, and next thing you know, I've got this great opportunity in uh, Bentonville, and, um, you know, it was a, a unique opportunity. You know, it's a smaller town. Um, you know, I had the mayor come and do a, a butcher demo, you know, when we, you know, the first year that we opened. Um, so I really felt connected to this community. And, um, you know, trying to develop a team and sort of develop this food program within the hive, um, it, was, it was something that was really new to the area. Um, it was not a unique idea of, 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 of the cooking that I was doing, but it was unique to the area. So uh, developing a culture in the kitchen, you know, one of which was, you know, it's very important uh, for the cooks and the, the chef team to, you know, every day do something that's not just for themselves. Do something for somebody else. And, you know, sort of in that, that spirit and day to day, like things just get better and, and stay better. And you modeled that and they bought into it and now – live that? Yeah, yes, you know, and, and, you know, I've got cooks that have been, you know, that have been promoted up, you know, through the years, um, and now are, you know, my trusted, you know, lieutenants, you know, in a way, uh, that allow me to, to get out of the kitchen and come to, to D.C. to do stuff like this. Um, 
But sort of learning about Share Our Strengths, it was a friend of mine that has a restaurant in Little Rock, uh, Matt Bell, oh, and yeah. uh, I went down and did a dinner for him. And I, you know, I think you know, feeding children. I have a I have a young daughter. It's it's easy to say, of course, yes. Um, you know, of course we'll raise money. I don't really know the organization that well, but you know, it seems like you know people that I respect have sort of signed on, um, so it has credibility, and um, you know, but I didn't know where necessarily what those dollars were doing that we raised. Um, so to come to you know D.C. and 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 see some of these programs in Northern Virginia, um, it definitely adds more to the story, um, gives it more dimension. And, you know, for me to sort of leverage my vocation in a way to give back, I, you know, I, I, I work in a kitchen, you know, I, I cook every day, like applying a fundraising dinner or using my Twitter account or whatever to sort of um, bring attention to this cause is, you know, I, I say to say it's like kind of easy and part of the program, but it's kind of easy and part of the program. One of the things we've all realized is that you guys know this better than I do. Chefs have a platform today and a voice that others don't necessarily have. Uh, there are cooking channels, food networks, uh, competitions, awards, and people want to hear what successful chefs have to say. And so the fact that you're talking about these issues, I think, is is really valuable. Now, well, the three- let's be honest. Some do. <laughs> some do. Some, some want us to sit down and keep our mouths shut. I think we all, or at least if you're as much of a big mouth as I am on social media, frequently hear, you know, why don't you just get back to cooking? You've had pushback on social media? Uh, very little. Uh, I've had nothing but, you know, but growth, uh, you know, in business. But, you know, I've, I've been extremely, extremely vocal for uh, the last, uh, you know, eight or ten years um, that I've been active on social media. And I've had a great job of it because you, it gives you the ability to, to, you know, not only do you have a platform, but you have the ability to sort of create a personality out there as well. And, you know, mine is angry. Um, and so it's. But it's also inspiring. I mean, seeing some of your, you know, what you post. Um, I mean, hell, you started saying something about, you know, Arkansas legislature, you know, about a year and a half ago that glued me into my own, you know, my own community and got me engaged. You all have spent the last couple of days with almost another dozen of your colleagues, chefs, restaurateurs from around the country uh, in northern Virginia. Jillian, I'm going to ask you to get up close to the mic and tell us why did you take a dozen chefs to northern Virginia for a day and what did you see? And then I want these guys to tell us how they reacted to it. Yeah, I was thrilled to be able to take them up and around in Alexandria and Fairfax to see the amazing work our team, led by the First Lady of Virginia, Dorothy McAuliffe, is working so hard to put into action and, and working with all of the stakeholders it takes to get this job done. And I think that's what's most important to tell people is it it's not just us. We might be the spark, share our strength might be the spark that kicks this off and, and gets people galvanized to get involved. But it takes leaders like the First Lady and the Governor. It takes amazing champions like Prin uh, Principal Hall at Francis Hammond Middle School, Rodney Taylor and Fairfax uh, Food Nutrition Services, the cafeteria managers, the people that maybe don't get to, to get thanked and recognized, but it, it takes so many to get this job done. And in Fairfax and Alexandria, we're moving and making incredible progress. We, we've added more than 20,000 kids to the school breakfast program last year alone, but you know, there's 100,000 more we want to reach. And, and so being able to show them the work and, and how much effort and, and resources it takes to get the job done hopefully helps explain why we need champions like them in our corner in this fight. One of the things you, John Curran, said this morning was that people expect to see hunger and poverty in Mississippi 
uh, it's had to some degree has that reputation. You don't always expect to see it in other places. A lot of people wouldn't expect to see it in Northern Virginia, which is one of the most affluent areas of our country, yet it exists. Sarah, how did what you see compared with what you expected, how did it, uh, just what kind of opinions did it did it create for you? The entire experience, I really went into it with an open mind and wanted to really absorb what we were going to see and experience. And I think that the breakfast in the classroom is such a genius idea. Uh, and, what able- and what we're talking about is breakfast not in the cafeteria before school, right. but actually during the first period, let's say. As part of the curriculum yes. almost, saying right. that it's really important that you eat, that you start your day with a well-rounded meal, and that you have time to eat. I think that so many adult Americans don't make time to eat. And if we don't let our kids have time to eat, then how are we going to stop that cycle? And so I think um, the the test scores, the test improving, the improvement in test scores and in um, absenteeism and in, you know, illness or going to the nurse. Uh, and also the principal said in, that the classrooms have really been really respectful and the kids are excited and ready to learn because they're not being pained by hunger. How about you, John? You made that comment about Mississippi, where it's a place where you, you at least you maybe see hunger or you see the effects of it in ways that are more visible to the eye than you do in a place like Northern Virginia. Yeah, it, it clearly is, and I think that's the thing that's that's a little bit upsetting about uh, you know about visiting schools and seeing it up close. Is that you know uh, to me, you know, to to see it uh, yesterday, uh, you know, it's 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 almost like cancer in that it's invisible. You know, mm-hmm. these kids, you know, they don't have distended bellies, you know, I, and I know that, you know, strength started out of, uh, you know, concern for the issues in Ethiopia. I've had the, 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 the great fortune of uh, having been able to spend, you know, time in India. And so, you know, we've seen what abject poverty looks like up close. And, and starvation, almost literal starvation. Correct. Right. I mean, people who absolutely have nothing. And so it, you know, that changes the way I think that, you know, seeing that, you know, to me sort of you know, it changes my perception and reaction to, you know, to, to what is happening in the States, you know, and it, my response, you know, returning from India, uh, returning from Malaysia is almost, you know, anger um, in that, you know, we have the ability to solve these problems, you know, um, the, the roadblocks that, uh, you know, that, the, that we've learned that you guys come up against, you know, are, are, are just in place out of, you know, bureaucratic silliness. Um, you know, we have the tools uh, we know that the problem is solvable. We know that the money is there to do it. Um, you know, there's an absolutely no reason in the world that we should have a kid in this country that, uh, you know, that goes without breakfast in the morning. And so that, to me, is, is a little bit infuriating because, you know, the, it's, it's, a, it's a zero tolerance um, sort of issue that we're talking about. You know, kids should not be hungry. We have the ability to feed them. Let's just feed the kids. You're listening to Add Passion and Stir. I'm Billy Shore. We're also uh, on Facebook Live, so please uh, share if you like what you're hearing and listening to. Um, I want to talk, uh, kind of talk politics for a minute. Um, John Kearns, you're wearing your political philosophy on your baseball cap, make cornbread, not war. I'm assuming that sums <laughs> it up. It's a great hat. <laughs> it's a great hat. Um, but one of the things that we um, um, talk about a lot at Share Our Strength is we've been uh, incredibly and assiduously bipartisan. We're not the only organization that has that philosophy. Lots of other organizations working on lots of other issues. Um, and and we're an organization that is made up of individual chefs and restaurateurs, big corporate partners, liberals, conservatives, Democrats, and Republicans. But we've also kind of spoken of and circled around a little bit the fact that some of these issues are 
political in nature. They shouldn't be. Feeding a child shouldn't be political, and no one's against feeding a hungry kid. But some of the things you need to do to achieve that sometimes get political. What advice do you have for us, and how do you think about um, as we go forward, um, we feel strong. We feel very strongly about being, you know, what I would think of as more of a bridge builder than a bomb thrower. Uh, but any advice on how we do that, but also get to the root causes of these issues, because hunger is really a symptom of a of a deeper problem of poverty. Well, I, I think that you know, based on you know, sort of what we were talking about today, that uh, that you guys are, are really. Uh, just beginning to do, you know, the work that is going to be the, the, the most effective, which is, you know, gathering groups of guys uh, like us and... And gals. Uh, sorry. I mean, I mean guys as sort of a I'm unisexual... I'm joking with you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the Capitol Hill visits, uh, you know, I've seen, I, I worked with the, uh, the National Restaurant Association for years mm-hmm. and watched the, watched the, NR, the, the good NRA um, go from... You know, from being a, a lobby that was just sort of, you know, brushed aside or not taken really seriously to becoming one of the top three or four most politically powerful lobbies in the country. And it's a the lot National of, Restaurant Association that you're yes, speaking sir. of. Yes, yeah. uh, yeah. And that, uh, that I, uh, you know, and, and, and I was part of, of, of riding that, that wave up. And it was and it had a lot to do with, you know, bringing four or five hundred people to the Capitol. And spending two days going from office to office and connecting with our own legislators and telling them stories, being briefed deeply on what the issues are that we were fighting for um, and what were, was important to us, uh, seeing the issues that, uh, you know, that were partisan, but it jamming our, you know, our foot in the door of the opposing party and trying to make a case for what we were doing and actually beginning to build relationships. And so, um, you know, from a legislative level, you know, being here. Um, and, you know, and again, illustrating, you know, the issues, bringing, you know, the statistics from each of our states and putting them on the desks of our legislators, you know, makes an enormous, enormous impact and, you know, is the only way to make a difference. Uh, as we start to wrap up here, which we need to do, uh, say a little bit about what's next for each of you in terms of both personal, professional ambition. Are there new restaurants on the horizon? Are you uh, just going to, are you perfecting what you've already got? You've got a foundation that you started, John, that we haven't really talked about, but I'd love you to say a word about uh, in terms of what it does. Well, we're, we're sort of desperately trying to figure that out. I mean, Mississippi is a, is a place that needs so much help in so many areas that, um, you know, we are, we're currently sort of operating as a, as a sort of Robin Hood philanthropic where we're trying to identify people um, in the state that are already doing work in the areas of um, childhood health and well-being, nutrition or activity, and just better fund them. And so, you know, we we know that, you know, we're, we're not able through that work to provide really measurable results to what we're doing. And, and as a result, we'll only get so far. And so we are continuing a dialogue and uh, trying to figure out what we can do to, to, to more greatly focus our efforts. And our uh, our annual fundraiser is is coming up in the the first weekend in April, and so I'm going home as quickly as possible because I've been on the road for about three and a half weeks to see my wife and daughter, and that's all that I really want to do. But I know that I'm going to be answering to my uh, assistant, and that we've got a pile of work to get ready for the uh, for the foundation event. And this is the Move On Up Foundation, and when's move, the event? Move, move On Up Mississippi. Uh, the uh, the the annual event is called Light in April because we can't not get away. Um, from Faulkner references in Oxford, um, 
And uh, that's uh, April 7th and 8th in, uh, in Oxford. Yes, Great. sir. Uh, and Matt, I was thinking of you at the very beginning of this conversation because you mentioned being a Southern boy going to Boston to cook. And um, we've got a lot of activity in Boston at Share Our Strength. And I was just at the brand-new restaurant of a chef named Jason Santos who's created a restaurant called Buttermilk and Bourbon. It is buttermilk biscuits, fried chicken, and every kind of bourbon concoction you can imagine. So the next time you're in, in Boston, you've got yes. to try it. But tell us, tell us what's on the horizon for you. Um, well, I, I think it's continuing. Uh, you know, we've got a we've got a, um, a dinner that we're that we're hosting in, in June um, that I'm looking forward to. Um, it, you know, with the farm bill sort of being on the horizon, you know, I definitely look to uh, you know be a, very vocal about you know things that are important to me uh, in terms of food policy in Arkansas. Um, you know, I think those are the those are the big things that I definitely probably will put a lot of time into. No, no new restaurants uh, as of as of yet, but um, you know, you never you never know what happens. Well, that'd be great because the farm bill that you're referring to is uh, about every five years, Congress tackles um, legislation that funds everything from farm and agricultural subsidies and supports for farmers to programs like the SNAP food stamp program, which is the largest of all the anti. Hunger program, so it's a it's a battle that share strength is is sure to be in. Yeah, it's a big one. It's a big one. They all roll it up in that every five years. So um, no, I hope 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 to be an advocate um, for that for for you guys on behalf of share strengths and you know maybe other a couple of uh, food interested policymakers. Thanks, so, yeah. Sarah Grunberg. How about you? I'm going to get a group of chefs and we're going to go yes. to the schools Good. in Chicago. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Uh, my restaurant's only a little over a year old, so I'm still trying to get my bearings straight and, you know, keep it with one right now, I think, is, is where I'll be. So you've been listening to Add Passion and Stir. Jillian, for our friends in Virginia, of which we have many now, and you mentioned uh, the First Lady, uh, Dorothy McAuliffe, um, how can folks in Virginia get more involved in our campaign there because it's become a, it's become a, um, a kind of a battleground for us and a, almost a proof of concept um, focus for our strategy? There is no limit to the opportunity we can offer folks who want to get engaged in Virginia from a policy perspective at the state level. We've got a lot of great things that are working through the legislature right now that will reduce red tape and, and improve the efficiencies of our programs. And then we have regional work happening across the entire Commonwealth. We have uh, boots on the ground now, not only in our Richmond HQ office, but in Northern Virginia, Southeast Virginia, and Southwest Virginia. So if, if you're in the far corners of Bristol or you're in Norfolk, we, we've got ways to engage you. We've got great FNS directors that want to hear from you. We've got great schools to support community programs like the Cover 3 Foundation, which runs summer meals and after-school meals programs all year round. We've got no end to the number of folks we can plug you into. And so you can reach out. You can reach out probably through this podcast, I would guess, through, through contacting Billy. And we can hook you right up with our Virginia team. Great. Well, and, of course, Share Strength is active in 49 other states as well. Virginia has, happens to be kind of the tip of the spear right now in terms of a lot of what we're doing. But uh, any listener anywhere can get involved with our uh, No Kid Hungry campaign through Share Our Strength. Um, so thanks again for being here. Uh, John Currents from Oxford, Mississippi, really a pleasure to have you. We're going to be paying 
extra special attention to your social media feed uh, to see oh, if yeah. you say any outrageous <laughs> things now that you've tipped us I off. I had no Make idea. Bad chef. <laughs> but thank you for being here. Thank you. And uh, Sarah Grunberg, Monteverde uh, yes. restaurant in Chicago and uh, prospective James Beard Award winner. It's oh, just man. a matter of time, according I, to John Currents. Uh, that would be a dream. And uh, Matt McClure, thank you so much for being here and as you know, Arkansas has been a place where we've had a big, big focus at Share Our Strength, and um, we love your passion, and we love your participation. And for all three of you, I would say this this notion that I refer to often as bearing witness, this willingness to put yourself in a, in a, in a position where you go and you see and you let yourself feel and then you share what you've felt with people, uh, I think that's the beginning of really all social change. And so the fact that you were willing to do it, uh, willing to bring a, uh, be part of an army of chefs that are increasingly do, doing that at a time when I think so many people in our country are looking for ways that they can make a difference um, and want to be more active. It just sets an incredibly inspiring example. So special thanks to the three of you for being here. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Add Passion and Stir is distributed by District Productive. Our senior producer is Carrie Thompson. Our executive producer is Peter Ogburn. Add Passion and Stir is the creation of Billy Shore, Debbie Shore, and Paul Woody Woodhull. I'm Billy Shore. You're listening to Add Passion and Stir from Share Our Strength.